baptism necessary for salvation? Like Luther, we can only examine this question through what the Bible teaches. In the case of baptism and salvation, the Bible is certainly clear, starting in Ephesians, that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not by works or rituals of any kind, including baptism. Those believing that baptism is an absolute requirement for salvation tend to use 1 Peter 3.21, if you're interested in looking it up, as offering proof because it states baptism now saves you. However, if Peter was really saying that the act of being baptized is what saves us, he would be contradicting several other passages of scripture that clearly show people being saved, i.e. receiving the Holy Spirit, either prior to being baptized or without being baptized at all, like the thief on the cross. Countless passages of scripture clearly teach that salvation comes when one believes in the gospel, at which time he or she is sealed in Christ with the Holy Spirit of promise. Thankfully though, Peter clarifies that the act of baptism, then often entailing full immersion, is not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience. So while Peter connects baptism with salvation, it is not the actual act of being baptized that he is referring to. Being in water does nothing but wash away dirt. What Peter is referring to is what baptism represents, which is what saves us. It is not the water part that saves, but that signified by baptism that saves. Water baptism is only the visible outward testimony of the believer's inward faith. The person is saved the moment he places his faith in the Lord Jesus. Peter defines what he means by salvation in the words, a good conscience towards God, and explains how this is accomplished, namely in that the believing sinner is identified with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not surprising that Peter would have seen baptism as almost synonymous with salvation. To any first century Christian, the idea that a person would confess Christ as his savior and not be baptized as soon as possible would have been unheard of. Yet Peter makes it clear that it is not the ritual itself that saves, but the fact that we are, through baptism, united with Christ in his resurrection through faith. The baptism that Peter says saves us is the one that is preceded by faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Titus 3 verse 5, if you want to look it up, states that baptism is the outward sign of what God has done by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. And when we move forward to the context of the Reformation of which this series is, Baptism is seen only as a demonstration of faith in action and opens a window to the heart of Martin Luther's brave new 16th century theology. 
it offers to us a further perspective of how Luther came to understand the impact of grace and its channels, as well as the nature of justification in an individual's life. In his teaching about baptism, Luther demonstrated the vital working of the word and lay a foundation for a spirituality that is word-centered with a capital W and faith-oriented. Luther was preoccupied with the subject of baptism and articulated a vision for the purpose of the church and a new, new rationale for sacraments. To Luther, baptism revealed two different types of theologian or perhaps two ways of thinking. The one who argues with zeal on the necessity of baptism and its meaningful, meaningful God-mandated practice in Christian communities and the other who imagines God's saving grace too expansive, too generous to be limited to the performance of any ritual. So in the context of my address today as part of Reformation 500, it is appropriate for us to examine the Lutheran view of baptism and its purpose, a view that was widely adopted in the Reformation and persists to the current day in the Church of England. Luther believed that the Bible teaches that a person is saved by God's grace alone, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. St. Paul's letter to the Romans suggested to Luther that faith comes by hearing. So whilst Jesus himself certainly commanded baptism, Jesus tells us that baptism is water used together with the hearing of the word of God. The water itself is just water. Only when combined with the word of God does it become holy water. Within the church, we see baptism as one of the miraculous means of grace through which God creates or strengthens the gift of faith in a person's heart. In describing the beginning of faith, the Bible often uses terms such as conversion and regeneration. Although we cannot fully understand how this happens, we believe that when an infant is baptized, God creates faith in the heart of that infant. We believe this because the Bible says that infants can believe and that new birth happens in baptism. The infant's faith cannot yet, of course, be verbally articulated by the child, yet it is real and present all the same. And the faith of adults, that seed of faith needs to be fed and nurtured by God's word, another miraculous means of grace given to us, or it will die. Many an ailing newborn is swiftly baptized, as some of you may know. Crucially, Luther did not believe that only those baptized as infants could receive faith. Faith can also be created in a person's heart by the power of the Holy Spirit working through God's word, whether written or spoken. Baptism should then soon follow conversion for the purpose of confirming and strengthening faith in accordance with God's command and promise. Depending on the situation, therefore, Lutherans advocated baptism of people of all ages, from infancy to adulthood. However, Luther did not believe that baptism was absolutely necessary for salvation. Indeed, all true believers in the Old Testament era were saved without baptism. Mark implies that it is not the absence of baptism that condemns a person, but the absence of faith. 
And there are clearly other ways of coming to faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. For example, by reading or hearing the Bible. It's important to note that while baptism is God's gracious means of conveying to human beings his saving grace revealed to us in Jesus Christ our Savior, it is not the only means. It is no less a miracle of God's grace at work that an adult should believe by hearing the words of the gospel than that an infant should receive through baptism the spirit who creates the very faith by which one receives incorporation into Christ. Such adults who hear the spoken word and believe eagerly seek to be baptized, not because it is a human right symbolic of one's commitment to faith, but because of what God promises in and through baptism. While scripture distinguishes baptism and the spoken word, they are not separated, for both are means of grace. Baptism is God's act, a divine testimony to what grace alone really means, whereby he imparts the blessings of forgiveness, life and salvation to individuals, whether adult or child. In the case of adults, baptism according to Luther can confirm the grace of God on those who have come to faith and serves to strengthen them in their faith, as indeed the Eucharist does. So baptism then should not be willfully neglected since it is explicitly commanded by God. It is not a mere ritual or naming ceremony for children, but a powerful means of grace by which God grants faith and the forgiveness of sins. Baptism as a sacrament essentially includes a visible element, often described by Lutherans as visible gospel. There were apparent tensions in Luther's articulation of baptism. This can be understood from having some overlapping agendas and indeed different audiences over the years. In talking about baptism, Luther both had to process his own angst about salvation and also negotiate a developing position in relation to the medieval sacramental theology. He spoke with the personal religious experience of being as if reborn with the encounter of the word of grace. He passionately expressed his most foundational conviction, God's unconditional promise of grace as the ground of being for human life, given to humanity in the word. Baptism lay at the very roots of different Christian confessional traditions. Differing theological opinions existed firstly on the role of faith in the validity of baptism, and secondly, on the effects of baptism in one's later life. Whether infant or adult, baptism was favored depends on whether baptism is primarily understood as a sign of faith, or as a cause of forgiveness and transformation, or perhaps as an initiation into the Christian community, or all of the above. Baptism was a concern at the center of Luther's thinking, and it remains for us too, both a mystery and a matter of faith. And I have an awful American story that said, it has been said that baptism separates the tire kickers from the car buyers. A tire kicker is a person who inspects vehicles for sale with no intention of buying. In this present world of uncertainty and evident unrest and violence, let us not be tire kickers. Let us buy into God.
Amen.